It's Catfish on Ice, episode 66, everyone. This is Chad Benton with Rich Howe, and we're bringing you another episode as we are getting towards the finish line of the NHL offseason. I can't, I'm just, I'm ready for it to be over with. I felt like we've been trapped in a desert uh, trying to get through it to get to the NHL regular season. How, do you feel the same way, Rich? Like, I feel like we're in a desert right now. Totally see all these other sports starting up and it's like I just want my sport to start my sport my main sport that I yeah want. right it's like the sport I care about that's that's what no, matters I like them all but I like them all we're in so like we're them. kind of we're kind of in that uh, sports calendar uh, spot right now that juncture where all the sports kind of intersect you've got college football you've got NFL football you've got uh U.S. Open in tennis. I don't know if you saw that, what happened there, but that was some really cool stories. On the women's side, you had uh, uh, Djokovic got upset. So you've got, like, U.S. Open tennis. You've got, uh, if you're into NASCAR, they're getting towards the end of their season. You've got uh, pretty much whatever sport you're into, it's probably either about to start or it's happening right now. So we're in, like, you've got MLS with National SC. You've got the Major League Baseball. It's getting towards the end of their season with the playoff race. I'm a big San Francisco Giants fan. So I've got my Giants. So it's like I haven't felt this way about sports where I can't – I actually can't keep up with it all. I haven't felt this way. I haven't felt this way in a long time. And I don't even have my favorite sports team playing yet, and that's the National Predators on my hat right here. And so we are so excited here because guess what? This is the official last episode of season one of so Catfish crazy. and Ice. It is episode 66. Our next episode, which will come next week. I feel like Dr. Dre, who did the next episode in their oh, his right. big hit. I feel like I'm like Dr. Dre right now. The yeah, next episode yeah. will be season two Until of Catfish and Ice. That's right. Yes. And I'm not I'm not nearly that. as cool as Dr. Dre, but I kind of still feel like him right now. I couldn't but remember yes. what it was, but I do remember. <laughs> so yeah, the next yeah, so uh season two, episode sixty-seven will be next week as we kick off a new season of Catfish Nights. So we're rounding up season one tonight. Yeah. And here's how we're gonna get this episode started. We're gonna we have a fantasy hockey league with the podcast that's filling up quick. We've already got uh myself and Rich in the league. We've got uh, some listeners in the league as well. We've got our guy Kyle Perkins that joined the league. We've got our boy Max Ritz, who's been on the podcast before, in the league. We've all pretty much said that we're all going to suck at this, but guess what? We can't all suck at it. Someone's got to win. Somebody will win. So uh, we invite all of our listeners to follow along on this ineptitude that's going to be fantasy hockey on this podcast, but someone has to win this league, so – that might be yeah. uh, entertaining in itself to see who is not the worst. Maybe. We got some good. Uh, we got some good names. I like yours. You, yeah. So, you, you my, pick, so so my uh, my team <laughs> my team name is uh, Spiza's Awakening. Yep, that's because because if you go if you go on the official National Predators roster on HockeyReference.com, uh, uh, Lucas Spiza is still on the injury reserve. <laughs> So, one game. Uh, he played in so one my, game. My team is Luca Spiza's Awakening. That is my team name. Yes. Luca yes. Spiza is going to lead us to the promised land. He's going to lead my fantasy team to the promised land. That doesn't mean I'm going to draft him. Does that mean I have to draft Luca Spiza if, if he's going to be no. the official representative? 
I, well, you can do what you want, but I, well, actually, yeah, go ahead and draft him. Do you that think that good. should be a rule if he's if he's my representative me. of my team? He's that actually just me. the ma- he he's the mascot. He's not on the team. Yeah. He's the mascot. That's yeah. my that's my scapegoat so there. What what are some of the other team names? So um, I think this is Kyle Perkins. Kyle's is Kyle's Goon Squad. Well, is what it looks like. That's a good name for hockey. That's good. Uh, Max hasn't changed his yet, and mine. It, so I it got gives mine. you a generic. So Yahoo gives you a it generic does. team name. Yeah, Max's is right now is Max's majestic team. So Which, mine, I have to actually give a shout out to Max Ritz because he wrote an article for Predline about Zachary Larue. Yeah, and it said, "What's new with Zachary Larue?" Is that your team that, name? No, no, that sounded a lot like Dr. Seuss to me. Yeah. So my new name is Zach Larue flips off a who. Ooh. So like like Horton hears a who, it's Zach Larue. Yeah. Flips off a who. All right. Yeah, so you're so that, that's my new name. You've so. got the best name in the league i'll give you that that's pretty but good. i don't I know like if the it. best i don't know if the best team name actually wins the wins the league or not but here, not. here's the deal as soon as long as me or rich does not win the league yeah which probably isn't gonna happen I'm we're gonna, gonna come we're gonna come up with a good prize for whoever oh, yeah. finishes the highest in the league that's not myself or rich there you go so yep. even if me or rich wins the league which probably isn't gonna happen We've got a really good prize lined up for whoever yeah. finishes the highest. And also be, we st- – It might be something st- of ours anyway. So. And I think we still have at least two slots available in the league. So, so. Uh, yeah. DM the podcast on Twitter or Facebook and uh, let us know if you want to join the league. And if we have a spot open, we'll let you in. So our friend Lindsay is on – she's uh, sending us some messages here. So Lindsay, I don't know if you play fantasy hockey, but if Lindsay, you want to join? If you want to join, send us a message and we'll Lindsay. Lindsay, we would love to have you in the fantasy hockey league. Show us show us how to uh, build a yep. league. You're, you, from you're, pro- you're, you're probably, probably going to like. Honestly, if we let you in, you're probably going to beat all of us. So I, I don't yeah. know if this is a good uh, move by me or Rich, mm-hmm. but in all seriousness, Lindsay, if you want to join the join the hot fantasy hockey league, go ahead and do it. In yep. the meantime. Uh, we can't wait to follow that along the season uh, with our fantasy hockey league. But let's let you know what else we got in store for episode 66. Of course, we're presented by DraftKings, and we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, this is Catfish and Ice episode 66 with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. We are going to continue our season preview series. Last week, last week's episode in episode 65, we previewed the Predators forwards. Now we're moving on to the defensemen. We're going to kind of map out how we think the starting lineup is going to look out with our defensemen. We're going to look at what we expect from this unit. We're going to preview that entire group. So that's our, going to be our opening faceoff. And then we're also going to set some realistic goals and expectations for the National Predators. And the key word there is realistic. That's so of a course, huge word. Yeah, everyone's goal is to win a Stanley Cup. We're trying to be realistic here. So uh, yeah, we're going to set some – me and Rich both have some uh, realistic goals and expectations for this team. And yeah. then we're going to do our quick hitters at the end of the episode as well. we got some good stuff to talk about. John Hines is, it, is an assistant coach in the Olympics. Yeah. And we're going to talk about football because football is a big deal down here in Tennessee. It's probably a big deal up in Kentucky right now too because well, I'm pretty sure those Kentucky Wildcats are actually a pretty good football team. 
They looked pretty good. I I'm actually watched saying, the game Saturday. They they're not good. a bad. They're not a bad team. They've really improved in in football lately. So we're gonna hit on some. We're we're gonna hit on some college football and some NFL football because we just got done watching uh, week one of the NFL. So we'll talk about that as well to wrap up episode sixty six. Let's yep. get into it with our opening face off, and that is our preview series, the the defensemen. And what better way to start off this preview segment? They talk about our Norris Trophy winner of 2020, and that is Roman Yossi. And exactly. he, uh, by his standards, it's fair to say he had a little bit of a down year. Do you think that's fair to say, Rich, or do you think I'm being a little, little too hard on him? Well, if you compare, if you compare the Norris Trophy year with last year, yeah, he was a down year, but it was still good and probably better than 90% of the defensemen in the league. So, I, I agree. You know, you take you you take. It's all about it's all it's all about perspective, right? It's all about context. It's all about perspective. Exactly. And uh, he did have a he did have a down year, but I would say he was probably one of the biggest voices in the locker room that helped pull all those guys together. So, oh, definitely. Um, Yeah. If I could be a fly on that, if I could be a fly on that wall in that locker room when they were struggling so bad last season, Roman Yossi is one of those types where he is one of those quiet leaders. Yep, he's not outlandish. Exactly. He's not out there running his mouth. He's not acting a fool. Yep. He's that quiet assassin. He goes out there, and there's different types of leaders. You know, mm-hmm. there's different type of, types of leadership styles. But his leadership style strikes me as quiet, calm, cool, collected. Yeah. When when things are going wrong, when you think people should be mashing the panic button, he's out there saying, "Hey." Let, let, let's win a hockey game. Let, yeah. Hey, we're we're trailing going into the third period. Let's go win a game. Yep. I feel but like he's you, that type of leader. But if you do remember, before they started their big, huge turnaround, he was in that press conference, and they almost got him to say the F word. He was really yeah. close to cursing. Oh, he and, uh, he has it in. He does. And you remember, though, like what was going on before that. They were in – it was just bad. It was a mess. Bad it was a mess, around. yeah. And so yeah. he strikes me as the type of leader that has it in him. And I'm sure he does it behind closed doors. No, I'm sure. But yeah. he's not going to show his weakness on the ice. He is mm-hmm. a very just collected leader. Like, I love yeah. that I Love that about him. He's one of the perfect captains. The, he it, when it comes to me, he has the perfect qualities of a captain. He does. So if you, look at, you look at captains before him for the Predators – Shea Weber doesn't say much. Another one, yeah. Well, Mike Fisher. Mike Fisher was a little more. Mike Fisher was a little bit more animated, but he was also pretty quiet as well on the ice. Yeah. So, learn from two. Absolutely. So, uh, of course, that's going to lead our 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 defenseman segment of previewing the defenseman because how can you just overlook him? Uh, NHL Network, NHL.com put out their top. They're putting out their top fifty players, and Roman Yossi came in at number twenty five. Which I can I can respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair okay, ranking. A lot of these rank yeah. a lot of these rankings list uh, really uh, tick me off because usually they're yeah way dis- they're usually way disrespectful to uh, Preds players in, in particular. I know me and you reacted to uh, Pecorine's uh, not getting on the top ten that top those. ten list. Uh, that was a couple episodes ago. If anyone wants to go back and listen to that, we were not happy. But I can actually agree with that. Top 50 players, they put Roman Yossi at number 25. So that goes to show you that he is still very well respected league-wide. And unfortunately, 
he's probably one of the very few on this team that actually gets that uh, notoriety at this point. I would say the next one would be Philip Forsberg. Uh, Philip Forsberg and UC Soros. UC Soros is starting to uh, get to that level. But after you get past those three, I mean, you can jump down to Matias Ekholm, which uh, we're talking about defensemen right now. Uh, Matias Ekholm. Uh, he yeah. is the next – he's one of the tenured veteran players of this team. And uh, there was all this talk that he was going to be lost at the trade deadline. He stayed. In my gut feeling, I think he wants to stay with the Predators for the rest of his career. He strikes me as a player that is dedicated to this team. He's dedicated to this city dedicated to that locker room and the teammates that he still has with him that have been part of that core. And the core got shaken, got shook up. It's, it's a lot. He lost a lot of his close teammates, longtime teammates, but he's also still got those young players that are coming up behind him. That Ekholm strikes me as the type of veteran that wants to help those younger players. Like Alex Carrier. Yeah, like Alex Carrier and like Dante Fabro and Alex Carrier are the two that jump off the screen to me when you think about Ekholm mentoring his unit right now. Yeah, even even if you look at players like Matt Benning, I mean, he, you know, he's he's a, been in the league a while too, but he's still yeah. a young guy. Like, and and Borovieski, Mark Borovieski, where does he fit in on this? Where does it? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll it's hard. To, it's hard to figure that. it out because. You only get six starting spots for your defensemen. And so I look over this lineup and I'm like, all right, I just brought up Alex Carrier, Alexander Carrier. We all expect him to be on the top pairing with Roman Yossi. I mean, that's what we expect. That's what we saw towards the end of last season. And it seemed to work. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to put on Alex Carrier because here's how I look at it. Last season, he came in. Quickly, it was like there wasn't time for him to feel pressure because it was like go mm-hmm. in there, uh, you're young, no one expects a lot out of you. With all due respect, just go do what you can do. Don't screw up is basically. Now, going now into this season, yeah. the microscope's going to be on this kid. And he's not even really a, he's not really even a kid anymore. He's, he's actually not. been around for a while. But when it comes to NHL terms, he's still young. He, he does not have a lot of experience. So yeah. Alex Carrier, you're asking him to be the full-time line mate of the 2020 Norris Trophy winning Roman Yossi? He's got a lot of pressure on him. And I'm not saying he can't do it or he doesn't deserve it, but that's a lot of pressure. He does, but he kind of reminds me of Roman Yossi a little bit, the way he plays. So, uh, Oh, yeah. Their playing style matches each other well. I love it. you got to put them on the top defensive pairing. Game yep. one against Seattle, they need to be playing together. I totally agree, one hundred percent. And I, I can't, I can't wait to see training camp and see them build some chemistry together in training camp. <laughs> uh, that's going to be really fun to see. Uh, but going back to Eckholm, he yep. is a huge mentor of this team right now. He might not be the captain, but I would think he should be the associate captain. Do we know who the associate captains are right now? Has that been announced? I, I haven't seen that, but I know he was last year. He was one of them. So Okay. So, um, yeah, Eckholm should absolutely be an associate captain. And I think he's going to be a huge leader of this defense. And so now the question is, who do you put with him on that second pairing? And that is a 
tough question to answer right now. So I've got a theory about wh- wh- who I think it should be. And, and the reason is, like, if this was a different team, Ekholm would probably be playing with Roman Yossi. I mean, like, he's, you know, he's next in line on the defenseman. Uh, the chart there, he, he's an amazing player. He's plays with passion. Um, but unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. I think what they need to do is spread the experience out a little bit on all the lines. Yep. So obviously, Matias Ekholm will be second. And this is probably – I don't know how you feel about this because I know you really like this player, but I kind of think they need to put Fabro on the third line and have him kind of have some experience there. Um, and You're actually – no, we're, I'm actually right there with you. Yeah. No, I'm actually I'm actually right there with you. So mm-hmm. I actually think Philip Myers should be on the second pairing. And that's what that I call. think as well. I because why the why the hell did you bring him in if you're not going to give him the chance to right. have that role? Especially if, with if, if he lost. If, <laughs> if Philip, yeah, exactly. So Philip Myers wasn't the return in the right. Let's say the Ryan Ellis trade never happens, mm-hmm. and Ryan Ellis is still here. Then you're forging. You're probably forging ahead with the same line combination on defense that hasn't worked. And so everyone got so upset over the Ryan Ellis trade. And I get it. He was a fan favorite. Fear of the yep. beard. Everyone loves him. He started off in Milwaukee. He's one of those homegrown players. I get it. People yep. were upset about it. It's hard to lose players like that. But sitting here right now. As we're about to head into training camp, it makes total sense. Because think it about does. where this team would be if he was still in this lineup. You'd be rolling out the same work, this topic we're having right now. We wouldn't even yep. have this topic. It would be like yep. cut and dry. It'd be Ryan Ellis, Romeosi on the top pairing, Tia Ekholm, Dante Fabro on the second pairing, Matt Benning. Mark Borowiecki and or Ben Harper on the third pairing, and everyone would be upset about that. They'd be like, we're doing the exact same thing that hasn't worked. <laughs> yep. So yeah. now we now we get something fresh. Now we get Philip Myers, possibly. And let's yes. see what he can do. And Philip Myers, I mean, hey, I look at his career stand, stats. They're not bad. No. And he's still young. And he's he, still he young. Has, he has NHL experience. It's limited. But he has NHL experience, and I think he deserves the opportunity. Night one, I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if he's not on the line with Matias Ekholm uh, on the second pair. I would too. Here's another something he brings. He's six foot five, um, big body. Matias Ekholm is six four. If you put those two together, that's pretty scary, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, that, that's and a, that's I think a Myers huge... has a li- Myers. I don't think Myers is a statue on defense. I actually think he can actually produce a little offense. I don't think he's going to be anything like a speed skater and he's rushing into the zone and Mm -hmm. sniping goals or anything. But I do Mm -hmm. think that he can bring a little bit of offensive flair to to the game more so than Fabro Fabro can. I agree. Yeah. So then if you put – yeah, I agree. Well, let me just let me just finish out my like, thought real quick. Yeah, yeah. My big thing, my big thing about Dante Fabro, and I love Dante Fabro. Like, I am very, very well uh, noted as being a mm-hmm. supportive person of Dante Fabro, but I don't think he's going to benefit necessarily of being on the second pairing right away. His offensive game is not where you want it to be right now, and so. 
His defensive part of his game is fine. Like he's in the right spot a lot of times, block shots. He does a lot of good things. He brings next to nothing offensively right now. And so he needs to work on that part of his game. And so I also think, along with you, Rich, that he needs to start off on the third pairing coming into the yeah. season. I think and, that and give Philip Myers the, out. Give Philip yeah. Myers the chance. Yeah, it does spread the experience out. You're right. Yeah, and that and that's kind of what you uh, – so our friend uh, Justin just chimed in. He said that uh, Myers was a turnover machine in Philly. I'm just hoping the Preds can get him on track. Well, so okay. do we. Well, that's fair. I want to see that. <laughs> and so I didn't uh, – thanks for the comment, Justin. Uh, yes, thank you. So, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be totally honest right now. I don't know a ton about Philip Myers. I didn't watch no. him in Philly at all. I have seen no. I've seen some pilot reels. I've looked up some of his stats. But other than that, I'm going blind and just hoping that something else can work. Because one thing I can tell you is the Preds have had a hard time figuring out their defensive depth over the last couple seasons. Always been kind of set at the top with Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis, who's mm-hmm. now gone. But for the most part, they've had a hard time shuffling around their defensive depth when it comes to their defensemen. So, they like last season, they brought in Mark Borowiecki. They thought he could come in and be this physical presence and this, yep. this enforcer. And he injuries, unfortunately, derailed mm-hmm. his season, and he never really got a chance to get any traction. I will say that Benning played his role well. He did, and he played – the majority of the season, and that was good to see. I like him. I like how he plays. He's he's another one of those agitators that you know that they need, and uh, that's what that's what I liked about him. So uh, I'm glad yeah. that he's back. So I, definitely. So I, I can see Matt Benning filling in that pairing role with Dante Fabro. Um, that that pairing doesn't bring you hardly any offensive flair, but you know what? A third pairing, you're not expecting a lot of offensive flair. That's not really. Mm-mm what they're doing out there, but I do feel good about that, uh, that line in terms of not making critical mistakes. So uh, that's my starting defensive lineup right there on opening night is uh, Roman Yossi, Alex Carey, Matias Eckholm paired with Philip Myers and Matt Benning paired with Dante Fabro. That means that Mark Borowiecki is the odd man out going into the season. He's either a healthy scratch or yeah. I mean, I just don't know where he fits in anymore. And that, that yeah. means also Ben Harper is a healthy scratch. So they got Ben Harper in on that new contract, which isn't a big contract, but it's a one-year contract. And it's it's not a two-way contract. It's a uh, NHL-level contract. And a lot of yeah. people were upset over that. And I don't know where you put Ben Harper. I'm going to be really upset if Ben Harper takes a, takes a roster spot away from Dante Fabro, Matt Benning, or Phil Myers. If they put Ben Harper in over any of those three, oh, man. I, I, I'm not going to be happy. It's funny that you said that because Kyle Perkins just chimed in on here too. He said, uh, have we mentioned how bad Harper is? <laughs> that's, that's we have. <laughs> and what's up, Kyle? So uh, so Kyle Perkins uh, is going to be oh, have his weekly segment on the podcast. We mentioned it last episode. He is outstanding. He is an awesome follow. He's an awesome friend of the show. We love this guy, and he knows his Preds hockey. He puts out awesome memes. He is going to have his own weekly segment, and we're really thrilled that he's going to join us for this. I think it's going to be an awesome thing. I'm sure the listeners and watchers are going to be going to love it. It's going to be called Perks Picks, 
And every week he's going to give us a list of his picks of who stood out that week for the Predators. That starts in next week's episode. So starting off on season two of Catfish and Ice, Kyle Perkins is going to have his own segment. We can't wait to bring it to you. So, Kyle, I hope you're having a good night up there in uh, Kentucky with Rich. Yep. Well, he's – Two Kentucky boys. I'm in the upper part. He's down toward the lower part. He's closer to you. All right. All right. Well, either way. And uh, he's also – He's also in the fantasy hockey league, and he also says he's going to suck at fantasy hockey. So we've yeah. all said that we're going to suck at it. So one of us has to win, right? Yeah, somebody will win. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to be the NFC East version in football of uh, fantasy hockey, where everyone sucks, but someone has to win it. So um, somebody will all win. All right. It. So let, so let's round out this defense. So healthy scratches. Mark Borowiecki. Let me talk about him for a little bit. I actually respect the hell out of this player. I think he is such a classy player. I love everything he does off the ice. He's a really good locker room presence. The problem is I just don't know how you can find room for him right now in the starting lineup. Yeah, I I agree. The, the, I like his game, and I like how uh, gritty he plays. That's that key word that everybody throws around, grit or whatever. Yeah. But he gets so – he almost takes it too far and it becomes a little bit of a liability. So when you get, you know, mm-hmm. the penalties and whatnot, but um, I like it. I like it. Somebody, you know, needs to do that from time to time, but man, just, they, they just can't afford any stupid mistakes. And unfortunately, unf- unfortunately last season, it was also derailed by injuries. We never got to get a full sample size of what Mark Borowiecki can do. We did. And so I can totally see him as a rotational starter, like getting starts to give other guys rest. Yeah. I could see I could see Matt Benning being shuffled out for Mark Borowiecki or Matt or Ben Harper. Like I feel like those three are going to be shuffled around. Like every every day on Preds game day, we're going to see those lines released and it's going to be okay. Who's starting when it comes to Ben Harper, Matt Benning and Mark Borowiecki? Yeah. And I agree with that. I feel, um, I feel like I feel I feel like Fabro is pretty locked in at the moment. I feel <laughs> like Myers is locked in. It's that last starting spot on defense, that sixth spot that I feel like it's going to be interchangeable. Who plays yeah. the best? Who's most consistent out of those three? And maybe they'll figure it out in training camp. Maybe in training camp, uh, one of those three players will stand out, and they'll be like, "Okay, this is who we want to go with." I'm hoping right now that it's Matt Benning. I just like what he does. I like how he plays. It's like he brings the most veteran upside, and he's not going to make critical mistakes. Um, so that's where I'm at with it right now, but a lot can change. We have one X factor. We have one yeah. X factor, and that's that's, that, that's David Ferentz. That's what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, for so people go ahead with David Ferentz, Rich. Yeah, so people who are wanting to see the youth movement, uh, I just don't know if that's going to happen on the defensive side with Ferentz. Um, he he played in was like two games last season, and he yeah. looked like really he looked good. really good. Were, he looked he very did. comfortable. He did, and people were angry that they were starting Harper over him. They were like, "Bring in Ference and give him a chance." So, but with who we have now, man, I just I don't know how they would work that in. Uh, what do you think? So um, I I'm as much as I love the defensive uh, youth movement or the youth movement for the entire team. I'm, I kind of feel the same way about Ference as I do um, almost the same way I feel about Tomasino. Now, I do think that yeah. I would love Tomasino to start. The fan yeah. in me, 
the fan in me and the podcaster in me, I've, you know, we cover this team. We want all the headlines we can get because it's better for our podcast. It's better for our writing. Uh, we would love to see Tomasino start game one. Um, but I kind of feel like they're both – it's inevitable. They're going to start this season. They're going to get the call up. At some point, yeah. It's inevitable. I think Tomasino and David Ferentz both are going to get called up. But since we're previewing the defense right now, I, I actually feel like David Ferentz will get some benefit of starting off in Milwaukee, let him feel comfortable down there, let him be a leader of that Milwaukee Admirals team, which I feel like he is. Mm-hmm. He's going to be their best defenseman. Let him get comfortable. Let him do his thing. Let him let him build something because he just came out of uh, NCAA hockey. He just came out of playing for uh, Boston University, mm-hmm. a great college program, if Absolutely. you will. Lots and of so let's let l- let's let him get his feet wet a little bit in the AHL. Let's let him do his thing down there for a little bit. Yep. And then so, as you're going through the league, or as you're going through the regular season, let's say you get ten or twenty games in. If the coaching staff identifies a problem in the lineup or they identify a weak spot, and that weak spot is that third pairing, mm-hmm. uh, those three players we're talking about, Borowiecki, Benning, and uh, Ben Harper, if he if the coaching staff identifies that that's a really big problem for this team, then absolutely you call up David Ferentz and you see what he can do. Yeah. But game so one you, against Seattle, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. So if you look at – if you look at the guys who will probably start in the AHL, we've got Jeremy Davies, Ference, and then Ben Harper. So if let's say and Frederick Allard, well you got you got Freddie Allard down there. Yeah, I'm too. sorry, I left him out. So uh, let's say unfortunately somebody gets hurt. Of those guys, who are you going to call up from the AHL first? Well, Allard, e- easy for you. It's easy for me. It's David Ference because yeah, David Ference brings an offensive element to his game. Yeah, he, he right. he's gonna bring David Ference is gonna bring even with his inexperience. David Ference is gonna bring you way more offensive uh, prowess and skill set than Ben Harper, Borowiecki, or Matt Benning can bring you combined. Now yeah. here's the trade off. The trade off mm-hmm. is you're, he's gonna make mistakes. He's gonna give up. He's probably gonna make some defensive lapses out there, similar to what we've seen with Dante Fabro. Yep. Dante Fabro's made some defensive lapses. That have caused goals. And it's going to happen with Ference. These are young men who it takes time. There's growing pains. You have to be willing to take the trade off there. And so it's a matter of what you're okay with. Would you rather play it safe and go with Borowiecki or Benning or Harper, where they're going to be defensive statues out there and they're not going to give you any type of offensive upside? But hopefully they'll be in the right place. They'll make the correct forechecking, they'll make the correct blocks. But they're exactly. probably going to commit. They're going to commit penalties. They will absolutely. So, they will. Um, it, yeah. it, it's a tough question to ask yourself, and so it's t- it, it is hard because you give up. Like it's going to be at like Harper. Yeah, if you look at Harper, you know that John Hines favors those big guys. He yeah. does have that size. He's a massive dude. He's like six five, six six. He is, but it's like you said, you give up that liability, and you just. Like they need, they're going to need some some offense from these defensive they, guys. They, and hopefully, like if they this bring team somebody. Is gonna up. Ha- this team is going to have a hard time scoring goals. Absolutely. I'm sorry, I just so look at it on paper. Everybody. Yeah, and so uh, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, they're not going to be able to win every game two to one. So yeah. I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying to find anywhere I can on this roster to get some offensive spark 
And I feel like David Ferris could do that. And so, I but I, did, I, don't, I don't think it's ready right out of the gate, though. No, I don't so, know. So, we're going to be watching. We're going to be watching it closely, though. Yeah, Mike Twitter is on here, and he said, uh, "What about Lucas Pisa?" <laughs> hey, that's hey. He, he, so, uh, Mike, uh, unfortunately, so Lucas Pisa is busy uh, managing my fantasy hockey team this year. Speed, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, he's he's the uh, he's the he's the mascot of my fantasy hockey team. He's no longer on Preds IR. Uh, my ho- fantasy hockey team name is Spiza's Awakening. He that's is uh, he has graduated to bigger and better things, and that's my fantasy hockey team. Yeah. So Chad, uh, my my love of Lucas Spiza has like gone over to help. Yeah. Like yeah, Lucas Spiza. Like, yeah, he's he Lucas Spiza was hanging out at my house earlier today. Actually, he, we yeah. were discussing fantasy hockey strategy. So there uh, there yeah, go. he uh, okay. I'm kind of kidding there, but at the same time. <laughs> Lucas Pisa has found better things, and that's we're gonna win that we're gonna win the chip in the fantasy hockey league. So, uh, yeah. But uh, right. Dave, David Ferris, Jeremy Davis could also get called up if there's a rash of injuries. Jeremy Davies has also been on the NHL yeah. level, so he's out there. Uh, Frederick Allard comes off to me is is a AHL type of player. I yeah. I don't know if he's gonna make it up. We'll see. Um, but Jeremy Davies and David Ferentz are your two uh, AHL defensemen who yeah. are next in line to get called up, I would think. So yeah. um, if you look at the if you look at the roster, we've named all of them, and then you got the prospect guys like Delgazo and uh, Delgazo's got a lot of good good reports yeah. on him though. Uh, Luke Pro- Prokop, yeah, Tennyson, those are all the, the these are all players who are growing and they're getting better, but I just don't think they're ready for the NHL yet. Exactly. Yep, I agree too. But as we've said in previous episodes, the the Predators prospect pool is looking very, very strong right now. Mm-hmm. So there, you're seeing a lot of prospects who, even though they might not be ready, quite ready for the NHL this season, it's looking really bright and really good for this Preds team down the road. If they keep yep. rebuilding the roster properly, it maybe it's not going to be that long of a rebuild project. Is kind of what I kind of how I feel like. I hope so. I hope not. So, Hopefully. but the immediate the the immediate future might be a little rough. But uh, yeah. I do think that the uh, calling card of this team, if they are going to make the playoffs again, is they're going to have to win on defense and on physicality and on being a hard team to play against. They're going to have to get in the other team's sweaters. They're going to have to make it really hard on them, agitate them, make it ugly. It's going to be those games you're watching where both teams are going to be going to the box constantly, fighting each other. Uh, you're going to feel like the next goal wins the entire game. Yep. If this team gets into shootouts with teams where it's like back and forth, track meets, into in action, they're going to get uh, blown out of the building. Yeah, absolutely. They can't be it's getting not- in on that. Mm-hmm. Smart, smart defensive sound hockey is going to have to rule the day. And I look at it, I feel good about Ekholm. I feel good about yep. Yossi. I feel good about Fabro. I think Fabro is going to be just fine defensively. I, I have, I'm, I'm very optimistic about Philip Myers. I, I don't feel nearly as worried about the defensemen as I do the Fords. Yeah, uh, yeah. You agree with I that, do. or are you with me there, or do you actually feel the other way? No, I feel I feel good about you know the defense, the defensive core, what they have. Um, like we talked about, spreading the experience to all three of the the pairings. Um, you know, Fabro is only getting you know more experience as years go by. Um, I know he didn't get to play much 
something happened at the end of last season that we're still not 100% was, sure about. It, but, I mean, he, I don't think he was 100% healthy. Is what, well, that, is what it there seems was to that. Be. That's true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you, you got the experience with, with Yossi and, and Ekholm, and, I mean, those are two of the best in the league, in my opinion. So you need, And there's no reason to think that those two leaders, Ekholm and Yossi, won't deliver on their role in this team, which is to lead. And so I feel good about that. I feel good about Myers. I feel good about Fabro. I think I feel like Fabro is going to take a step forward. Uh, and then you still have some consistency with Benning down there. So let's see what happens here. I, I feel good about the defense. I don't think that's going to be the weakness of this team at all. And yeah. so uh, that's been our opening face-off as we continue our season preview series for the Predators. Uh, in episode 65, we covered the Fords. We've now covered the defensemen. Next week, we're going to cover the goaltenders. And we're going to cover the HL goaltenders as well. That will wrap up our season preview series. Because guess what, folks? Next week is going to be our last episode before the preseason starts. And that's going to yeah. kick off season two next week. And so yeah. we're really excited about that. So that's going to be our defenseman there. We feel good about it. Me and Rich both feel really good about that part of the team. And yep. so now let's get into our next segment. Before we do that, we, of course, we are presented by DraftKings. That's our sponsor. We love DraftKings. It's a busy time of year for DraftKings. We opened up the episode talking about it, talking about all the sports that are going on right now. But guess what? The NFL still rules. The mm -hmm. NFL is still king. And it was week one of the NFL this past weekend. A lot of good action happened this past weekend. It might be over, but guess what? You can still head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game. And that's $200 in free bets instantly. You All go. you got to do is bet a dollar on any game. Uh, of course, DraftKings is the official betting partner of the NFL. And all new customers are getting a free shot at millions of dollars in winnings right now. So if you if you don't already have the DraftKings Sportsbook app, now's the yep. time to do it. So go download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official betting partner of the NFL must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, please call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Later on in the episode in our quick hitters, I will talk about my rough weekend. Actually, it wasn't completely it was rough. It was, had, it was a very mixed bag for me. Yeah. Uh, so in quick hitters, I'll talk about my weekend of football and my uh, roller coaster of emotions. I, I, I guess that's a good way to put it. it and was, so we're, yeah. we're, we're going to touch on football at the yep. end of the episode. But let's go ahead and get into our next segment of the podcast of Catfish and Ice, episode 66. Last episode of season crazy. one. I can't so believe crazy. it. I can't, can't believe it. it. And so we're going to talk about some realistic goals and expectations that we have for our Predators. And if you would have asked me this question just three seasons ago, <laughs> I would give you two words. Stanley yep. Cup. Exactly. I can't do that now. Because guess, do that now. guess what's in the title of this segment? Realistic. <laughs> 
realistic. And I'm not a realistic fan sitting to you right now if I say that I think a realistic goal of mine is that we're going to win a Stanley Cup. So we're going to go ahead and push that one out of the off to the wayside. We're talking objective, realistic things. We want to see. Rich, give us your first goal or expectation that you have right now. So my first thing is you remember when they they started coming together and playing better last season and that excitement oh, I and we started we started to feel uh, feel good about what we were seeing and you you weren't dreading games as much you you kind of um, you knew you know these guys are going to come out they're going to play hard we're going to see yeah. uh, we're going to see some young guys come in and play their hearts out there was a new energy there was a new mm-hmm. energy in the game they didn't they didn't look like they were Absolutely. sleepwalking anymore like even if they lost you knew you were getting, you were to get a good game you were to get a good performance. You you saw you saw these guys. Um, you saw some stuff happen that we hadn't seen for a few seasons. They stopped getting pushed around. They wouldn't let themselves get pushed around. Whatever they need to do for this season to bottle whatever they did last season and just carry that momentum, they've got to make that a priority because that I really feel that the, those guys coming together. With, with with Coach Hines pulling them all together and the talk in the locker room, that is what propelled them to what they did. I know they didn't do – you know, they didn't get past the first round, but they, they built on something and they just need to keep building on that momentum. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And we have to feel pretty good that we – I mean, why wouldn't that happen? Because you're getting a lot of these same young players who yep. fueled that. They're coming back this year. Tanner Janot, yeah. Matthew yep. Olivier. Yakov Trennan. Colton's you know, they're yeah, they're the coming whole... back. They're mm-hmm. back. Yep. So you got to think that those players are still just mm-hmm. as hungry. Because guess what? All of those players did not get long-term contracts. Mm-mm. They're still trying to prove that they are long-term NHL players. Yep. They got short-term contracts. The ones that needed a new contract, they stayed. Tanner Janot got a new contract. But they're yep. short-term deals. These are short-term deals. They're mm-hmm. still very much auditioning right now. Yep. So I got to think that they're going to be just as hungry as they were last year. And I can promise you that these players, they might say they don't watch the news or they don't watch no. all the journalists and the predictions. They don't mm-hmm. buy into all of it. They still know when they're being counted out as a team. And I yeah. guarantee you they see you know, people just like us who are out there Saying this team it will be lucky to not finish in last place, and I guarantee you that's bullet that's bulletin board material. Oh yeah, yeah, as it should be, yeah. And that's so they're going to be. I have no no worries at all that this team's not going to be hungry and and ready to go and playing with the chip on their shoulder as soon as that puck's dropped against the Seattle Kraken. Yep, I agree. 100%. And honestly, that first game against Seattle. I guarantee you they're going to feel like they're kind of the underdog and they're not in the spotlight because everyone's going to be no. focused on Seattle. Yeah. Absolutely. Like this new – like they're – even it's, it's actually going to be Seattle's second game of their history. Right. But, but even in that second game, everyone's going to be focused on what does the expansion team look like? Are they ready to go? Are they going to be a good team? No yep. one's going to be focused on the Predators, not on a national yep. level. No. And oh, so, no, absolutely not. I love yeah. the fact that this team is flying in under the radar and no one has high expectations for them. 
I think that's it's a good thing for these young players. They don't need to feel like they have big heads. They don't need to feel like no one believes in them because that's going to make them more hungry and that's going to make them more ticked off. I love it, and that and that's good, and that's what we want to see. We want to see them. You know, we had we've had too many years of of them. Like I've said it before in the past, they they get they were getting pushed around. Oh God, uh, Landry, hold on. Landry's on here right now. He said that Seattle might win that game and I might have to get a paper bag. <laughs> I hope not. Well, so so Landry was watching the Titans game uh, oh, yeah, as I, I was that. watching along. And uh, Landry said, uh, "Is David? did David Poyle sneak in and is he running the Titans now, basically, is what he said. Yeah. Uh, so you got to love Landry. Landry's always uh, – he's not afraid to, to throw a little shade at our own, own, own teams. You, and you need fans like that. Absolutely. You got to hold them accountable. That's true. That's true. So Land- Landry, we appreciate you for real. And you have some of the most beautiful dogs I've ever seen ever. Absolutely. Like I love your dogs. Yep. So, um, nope. we, and we actually need a new mascot. Uh, I love Nash, but actually Landry's dogs would actually be like <laughs> perfect yeah. mascots for the Preds. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, I, uh, I hope they can beat Seattle. That's going to be a fun game. We yeah. don't know what to expect from Seattle right now. We don't know what to expect yeah. from Seattle. But uh, I don't think it would be – Is Landry's saying, like, you might get a paper bag. I'm sorry, but it's going to be the first game of the season. If they lose to Seattle, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, either way, uh, that's a good expectation, though, for you to have, Rich. Bring in that grit and grind. I think you're going to be happy with that expectation. I think so, too. I agree. So here's mine to start off with. Here's mine. I've been – this has been probably been my my expectation and my hope for the like three straight seasons now. Um, can this damn team just figure out a way to put on a functional power play? Is that too much to ask? <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like I'm asking for too much here. No, like, I'm not. actually being very fair. I'm being very modest in this request. Like, put out a power play that's not a liability. Like, how yeah. many times did we watch the Preds' power play last season, and they actually almost got scored on shorthanded? Yeah, yeah. It uh, almost I, felt it almost felt like a penalty when they went on the power play last season. It at did. times. It and did. I know it got I know it got a little better there towards the end, but yeah. for the most part, it still was not trustworthy. And, it wasn't. And how many years? How many years have we seen? You know. I mean, I feel like it's been, like, been three. It's been three. I feel like it's been three straight years now. I think it that it's been, been three. it's been three straight years that it's been really, really bad. Yeah. I know they had a season. It was either 2018, 2017. Maybe you can check on that for me, Rich, or maybe one of our listeners can uh, fact check me on that. Where I, I want to say they finished it like 11th in the league. Like they finished high up there. I, I want it was either 2017 or 18, but uh, since then, <laughs> but since then it's been atrocious. And so I feel hopelessly optimistic, I should say, that the power play is actually going to be a bright spot. Yeah. So and the reason they- why I say that is I feel like Ellie Tolvanen is going to take another step in his development, and we still have him as a power play weapon. Um, I feel like this coaching staff's really going to focus on this as an area that has to get better. Yeah. And so let's get the right players on the right lines, power play speaking. And it's going to have to be 
uh, changed up here because some of your power play specialists are now gone. Ryan yeah. Ellis, big Cal part Yarn. of the power play. He's gone. <laughs> Cal Yarncroke, he's gone. Um, Eric Eric Holla had some times on the power play. He's gone. Victor Arvidsson saw power play time. He's gone. So um, you're going to see some new players on the power play this year. We so, really want to see Tolvanen come into his own in that Tolvanen, you're going to see Duchesne out there. I guarantee you Ryan Johansson will be out there again. Roman Yossi is going to be out there. Alex Carrier is going to be a defensive part of the power play. Um, outside of that, do you put Duchesne out there on the power play? Uh, you probably expect Michael Granlin to be out there on the power play, one of the power play units. Um, who does yeah. that leave out? Do you want to do you want to see Tanner Janot out there? I do. I would like to see Tanner Janot out there. Yeah, I, I would be all right with that. Yeah, uh, Cunning maybe. Luke, Luke Cunning could get out there as well. Like it's going to be interesting to see what those power play units look yeah, like. It just depends. Man. But yeah. there needs to be a different philosophy out there, though. Like, I mean, yeah. this whole skating into the zone when you're on the power play and just like blindly firing pucks at the net when there's no chance at all that it's going to go in. I mean, they got to start setting stuff up. They got to build chemistry with each other. They have to uh, – because you watch some of these power plays on other teams, and it's so oh, perfect. Yeah, it's man. like – it's tic-tac-toe. It's like they know exactly where they're going to be at, and the goaltender has no chance to make the save. Yep. When you watch the Preds, it's like the goaltender knows exactly where that shot's going to come from. Yep. I think back watching Tampa Bay, you know, they have a really potent power play. And it's like you said, it's just the tic-tac-toe. And then, and then there it and is. The Preds, like, and, and the Preds, the Preds, when they're on the power play, they make it look so difficult. They make it they look do. like they can't figure they it can't out. They couldn't even so, get set up. How many times last season did we see they couldn't even get set up? They couldn't even get it into the offensive zone. And just, yeah. So if the, if the Predators are going to be a playoff team this year, this area has to be a, a strength for them. They have to take advantage of power plays. And I know I know you can say that about every team, but there are certain teams that are so offensively gifted that even if they're bad on the power play, they're still going to score enough goals to probably win a lot of games. The Preds aren't one of those teams. Mm-mm. They're not. No, it's, like you, so, it's like you said, it was a liability uh, yeah. last season. And like the, just when it would happen, you would be like, oh, man. This is a, this is not good. This is not gonna. This is not gonna uh, bode well for them. So. So, so to round, so to round it out, I just want to see the Preds. My expectation, my goal for them, finish in the top half of the league in power play. That's yep. not asking too much, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. All right, give me your next That's one, Rich. You got so, uh, so this is more. Um, I guess what I would like to see is about. It's kind of in regards to us as fans of the team and I'm going to lump myself in with everybody. Um, We've had a few seasons of being told, uh, you know, we've got high hopes for the team and then we've been let down and everybody is really upset about it. And I think there's a new, there's a new philosophy now. It might be the same general manager and coach. And I know people have problems with both of those guys, but um, just, have like we said earlier realistic expectations of what this team can do they're young they're starting from not from scratch but they've lost some very beloved players by all of us we all love victor arvidson we all love ryan ellis i myself am a huge yarn croc fan just we we just need to like just i know it's sometimes it's hard but just back back the team man you know just mm-hmm. have some realistic expectations well, we'll say. they're not going to win the stanley cup we know that um, but just, you know, well, 
to that to that to that degree, Rich, I think a lot of Fairweather fans are going to come out this year. Um, and it's going to be really telling on how Bridgestone Arena looks. Yeah. And um, but not just Bridgestone Arena, but also the TV ratings. Yeah. Um, if you see the, I mean, I know that the NHL doesn't compare to the NFL ratings when it comes to TV ratings, but just based on previous seasons when they were good, I'm going to be very interested to see what the TV ratings look like, the local TV ratings look like for this team if they tank and they they look horrible. But I will say that the I feel really good about the Preds fans out there who have been with this team since 1998 or maybe yeah. been with this team since the early 2000s because I remember plenty of seasons when they almost got moved. I was a yeah, big right. fan of this team. I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my hockey team. Yeah. So And they were bad. Like, they weren't worth watching. They were a horrible TV product. No one cared. No one was showing up to the games. Right. And so I do think this team is going to have a following that's going to stick with them, even if it's really bad. I think what people want to see, all, the, the true fans, all they want to see is a plan. We're planning. Exactly. We're building towards something. We're not yeah. just kicking the can down the road and waiting for something to change that's not going to change. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, and I totally so I think I think we started that. We started that this season by ripping the Band-Aid off and trading some players we care about. I'm sorry, yeah. Rich. We didn't trade Yarncroft away. We lost him. But I'm yeah. saying, like, Victor Arvidsson. Of course everyone loves RV. I hope he has nothing but success in, in L.A. Yeah. with the Kings. Uh, but it yeah. had to be done. Ryan Ellis, that one completely surprised me. I didn't see it coming, but it happened, and I'm okay with it. I really am. I mean, and so you, you can't – I would be really – I'll tell you what would make fans really mad is if we went, we were going into this season with the same players, the same core, charting out the same lines, regurgitating the same crap, and then, and then they lose, that's a problem. If they go out and lose with a fresh approach, giving these new players opportunities, then you live with it. And you hope yeah. that you're building towards something new. So that's that's what I'm all about this season. I'm yeah. all about seeing something new. And I'll live yeah. with the losses. I'll live with the results. Even if we miss the playoffs, I'll live with it. But if I see that they're building into something bigger down the road, I'll be okay with it. I'll be at every game that I can be. Yeah. And it feels like the, it feels like they do have a good plan in place. You know, it's I know that Poil is called whatever this is a competitive rebuild or whatever, and and hopefully that pans out. But it's just, um, yeah, just just. I know it's tough sometimes, but you just got to back those guys and just trust. Well, it's just – it's one of those things where that window closes really fast. Absolutely, it does. And it closed really fast on the Predators. Yeah. And just just be grateful that we have – you know, I'm not – I don't live in Nashville, but it's my team. But just put yourself where the Arizona Coyotes fans are. They might be losing yeah. their team. <laughs> right. So yeah. Kind of put the perspective on it, like appreciate what you got, I guess, you know. Yeah, for real. That's a good expectation. I, I do think that the true diehard fans will absolutely stick with this team this year. And yep. I think they're going to appreciate that this team has a new vision. Now, I understand that David Poyle is a big polarizing topic and that yep. a lot of fans would like to see him gone, including yep. Landry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And um, and I'm all, I, I totally understand that sentiment. I'm not against that. I don't necessarily think they're wrong in that. You've had the same general manager – for the franchise's entire existence. So it's yeah. natural to feel like you're ready to move on. 
I think this season is going to be a big telling point on whether that happens or not. Yeah, do, I agree. Does his offseason moves this year pan out and work in his favor? Yeah. Well, what's funny? What's funny about that though is like everybody was clamoring for change. And then yeah. he he made some changes. He made some really huge changes. I think the damage. Like, hey, wait a minute, those aren't Rich, the changes that I wanted. <laughs> but Rich, Rich, I think the damage is already done before this offseason. That's the problem. It was, yeah, and you know, I don't think there's. I've been saying this all offseason. There's nothing David Poyle can do to change his critics short of winning right. a Stanley Cup. Yep. He's been here long enough. He's made plenty of moves. He's made plenty of home run types of moves where he's like, I'm going for it. Matt yeah. Duchesne's a big one, but he made a bunch of them over the years that didn't work out. He did. He a did. lot of his midseason <laughs> where David Poyle has really screwed up in his career. If we're going to go down this road for a second, where David Poyle is messed up in his midseason additions. Mm-hmm. He's made uh, moves that just didn't work out. Wayne Simmons is a big one. Yes. Mike Twitter beat me Mike to Twitter. it, damn it. Wayne Mike Simmons, Twitter, yeah. Mike Twitter, you beat me to it. Yeah. But Wayne, he's absolutely right. Wayne Simmons is six out. Brian Boyle, he was okay. Didn't really, he's I mean, big. yeah. Even, I mean, honestly, the jury is still out on Mikel Granlin. I mean, let's be honest well, here. I know we, I know he was the most productive p- player towards the end of the season, but you gave up Kevin Fiala to get him. It's going to be this year. We'll and guess what? Year. Guess what? How is Kevin Fiala doing right now in Minnesota? He's doing pretty damn good. He's so, um, I think so, the biggest, I mean, he, Poyle did make those mistakes, you know, those midseason mistakes, but I think the, the big massive one is not starting this. Kyle Turris. <laughs> to, to, well, that too. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. But, but you look at it though, it should have panned out on paper. Everything should always work out. Well, but I know, think what he made, the big mistake was not starting this rebuild like two seasons sooner. Ago. I think a lot of people are upset with that. I would say two seasons ago is probably when it should have started. So, but um, but he's made a lot of really good draft picks. At least it appears to be, he's really done well in the drafts the last couple of years. So that yep. could be his saving grace. I do think that eventually the Preds are going to have to make a change in the front office, and that Poyle is going to have to, um, yeah. you know, gracefully bow out and hand it off to somebody else. We'll see how that goes. But all right, yep. I got one more expectation here. Yep. And it is our goaltender, UC Soros. And he, even though it feels like he's been having this role for a couple of years now, it's not. Mm-mm. He's always had Pecorine right there with him. Yep. And I those those two are very close, as most of your Preds fans know about. Mm-hmm. So father and son. It's finally UC Soros's team between the pipes. And he's got a lot of pressure on him to uh, to be that number one primary starting goaltender. He's on a lot of radars, nationally speaking. He caught a lot of people's attention this past season. So um, I want to see UC Soros string together a complete season. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is not a roller coaster season, not a season where he goes. Uh, month stretch or a 20 game stretch where he's just awful can't do and that. then he goes another 20 or 30 games where he's unstoppable i don't want to see that i want to see him put it together where every game you know that he's not going to be the reason why the team lost yep and so uh, when it comes when it comes to numbers if i can put it into statistics 
You know, I'm expecting to see him get around 50 starts. I'm, that's kind of my mm-hmm. benchmark. And yeah. I would love to see his – if he can keep his, his season numbers around his career numbers, I'll be happy. His career mm-hmm. numbers are really strong. So uh, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't, that's, that's my expectation is put together a full season where you show, hey, yeah, I earned this contract I just got, um, even though I feel like he's a little underpaid. Uh, but I want him to prove to everyone that, yes, this I earned this contract I just got. And not only did I earn it, but I'm a mm-hmm. bargain. They underpaid me. Yep. And and I'm, I'm, I'm the next person up after Pecorine. I truly am. I've earned that role, and that's who I am. So he's gonna uh, have he's gonna have a lot of eyes on him, that's for sure, because um, this will be the most starts of his career. He's never started. He's never been in the spot. He's never never been been in the the spot. spot. Last season, he did go into the season as the starter, but Pecorine was still right there. It was kind of a one A one B type of thing. Now, now it's UC Soros one. David Riddick two. No offense, David Riddick lens. I love David Riddick, and I'm happy to have him. But it's yep. UC Soros one, and it's David yep. Riddick two, yep. which is okay. You can have yep. that duo. You can have that dynamic yep. duo. But when it was Rene last season, it was one A and it was one B. So, yep. and we and we know we know the the past two seasons have not been full seasons, and we know that yeah. Soros has unfortunately not got off to the best starts. Um, so. He got his new contract, like you said. I agree. He probably should have made a little more, but he has got a huge raise. All eyes are going to be on him. Definitely, he's got to string together. He's got to string together a full season and give us the confidence that he is indeed a franchise yep. starting goaltender and not just a, yep. you know, a goaltender that can be like a backup that starts and comes in relief and can go on these temporarily good runs like no he needs to show he is a full-time star yep and that goes that goes back to that momentum from last and season. so i'm really i'm really excited to see that this season i'm really yeah. excited to yeah. see that so i am too um, it just it's going to be it's going to be we all know that if it had not, had not been for Saros, they wouldn't have even made it to the playoffs he kept them in games and he has to continue to do that i got i got to uh i want to bring in one more um one more quick expectation I have that I had written down. This one's pretty easy. It really doesn't even require a lot of discussion, but it's pretty obvious because I feel like we've been going through this ever since Peter Laviolette was here. We've been going through this mm-hmm. line consistency. Oh yes. <laughs> Can we finally get a team that gels together? And I, I realize injuries you can't plan for, and when injuries right. happen, you have to shuffle things up. But I don't want to see this whole. Oh, we're having an open competition throughout the season for players yeah. to compete for certain spots in the lineup. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that volatility. I don't want to see that dissension in the locker room. Can we finally build a gelled team together that knows their role, knows where they're at in the lineup, and these players actually deliver on where they're at? That's what I want to see a top line. That's that's our top line. Great teams like the Colorado Avalanche, they know who their top line is. Yep. I need to start seeing that being built with the Predators. Yeah, I want to see that as well. Uh, we have that. They they do have the fourth line, and that's, you know, those guys are probably going to – will more than likely be together, but I want to see the top. I need to see it from the top. 
I do too. I, I so, uh, and, yeah. and that's more about the Fords than it is the defensemen, honestly. But yeah. uh, we already previewed the Fords and we kind of talked about this, but I wanted to throw that one in there as well. No, so that, wrap, that wraps up our expectations and our goals, our realistic expectations goal. We'll probably revisit this as the season starts to see how those goals are going. Oh, yeah. Um, hopefully it goes well for us. Uh, so this is uh, episode 66, Catfish and Ice. We appreciate everyone watching the stream with us tonight oh, no, and chiming awesome. in. The chat room is uh, pretty busy tonight, so we appreciate all of you for doing that. Again, uh, we have a podcast meetup. We're going to all go to a game together this year, yep. and we're still trying to figure out the details on that. But all of our uh, listeners and, and the people who are watching the stream tonight, you'll be the first to know. And yep. we would love That's to meet amazing. all of you and talk to you and uh, meet you in person. And we just really appreciate all of you. We really do. We can't thank you enough oh, yeah. for yeah. Uh, supporting the amazing. podcast. And uh, we just, we really couldn't do it without you. So we just, we were really thankful for all of you for uh, mm -hmm. listening and following and engaging with us on social media and uh, helping us get that escape that sports gives us because sports really yeah. does give us an escape. And so uh, let's get into our final segment. And that is our quick hitters. We always like to wrap up our episodes with quick hitters. We're going to touch on a couple quick topics tonight. And let's go ahead and give John Hines some love here. Yep. Because John Hines gets a lot of crap. Some of it deserved, but he gets a lot of crap. He, he doesn't have that flash and that cachet about him like uh, Peter Laviolette did. Um, he, he's very quiet. He's very, like sometimes you just want him to get pissed off and you just want him to start yelling. But, um, that happened probably. But he's a very quiet and calm leader, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And I think the players respect him. And they they I do think he brought that locker room together last year. And so he he's gonna be an assistant coach for Team USA in the Olympics. Um, that's a really good honor for him. I mean, that's an amazing honor for him. It is. And so um I'm yeah. really happy for him, and that's a really cool thing to say. Yeah, I am too. That he's glad. getting in there. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome that we're finally we're going to get some NHL players back in the Winter Olympics. Oh, I can't and, wait! Uh, I cannot wait for that. I know. I, I, I love the Winter Olympics. Appointment. It's, it's going to be appointment viewing. Appointment viewing. Absolutely. It's. I love the Winter Olympics, and that makes it even better now. And I think the only re I think uh, with what Hines did last season is probably one of the reasons why he's in there. I mean, you, it's got to oh, be for sure. You know, for that, sure. they were the hottest team in the league. They on that that their winning streak, and you know he helmed he helmed that. You know people might not agree or might not like it, but he's one of the reasons he's he's part of the team, and he's one of the reasons why they got there. And that's got to be why they they picked. He, he and he brought and he brought that team together. I mean that yeah. team that locker room was divided. It felt like it felt like mm -hmm. they they could have easily folded. Yep. They could have easily folded into a lottery team. They could have easily crashed and burned and gone down there with the Detroit Red Wings in the bottom of the standings. But they pulled out gutsy wins. Think about those gutsy wins they pulled out against the Stars oh, yeah. in overtime. Or think yeah. about the big wins they got against the Blackhawks down the stretch. The Blackhawks mm -hmm. were another team that were pushing for that final playoff spot, you know, that fourth yeah. playoff spot. Yeah. And who knows? We'll never know if they, you know – Let's talk about the season before when the season was paused because of COVID. Oh. They were starting to catch the Dallas Stars for third place in the division that year. Yeah, I don't think people were. remember that. They don't. That, that yeah, team was that team were. was that team was surging then. Yeah. In the um, in the COVID shortened season, and, and they ended um, up and they and they ended up in the Stanley Cup qualifiers. But I'm saying like this team has shown they can go on late surges. They've done it two years in a row. 
under yeah. John Hines' leadership. So now Absolutely. John Hines has a full season to do this. And so I think it's well-deserved that he's getting mm-hmm. this assistant role. I'm happy for him. I can't wait to watch Team USA in yeah. the Olympics. I know I know, Lynn's is going to be cheering for her uh, Canadian uh, roster. And I would love to see Team Canada and Team USA face off just like they did in the oh, World wow. Juniors. Because yeah, they face off. Awesome. They went against each other in the World Juniors this yeah. past year. And that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. So imagine it, imagine seeing it on the Olympic scale this no, year. So uh, excited really about excited about that. And happy for John Hines. Really happy mm-hmm. for him. Yep. And so uh, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap up episode 66 with some football talk because we are in Tennessee football. And, and, and football is a second religion down here. And uh, I got to say, everyone was excited this weekend down here in Middle Tennessee. Everyone was wearing their football jerseys. Uh, on Saturday, everyone was wearing their college team. Of course, Nashville is a tourist town, so you see people from all over the country, and I saw um, all different types of colleges being represented. Yeah. So that was cool to see. Um, of course, I'm a very uh, well-represented Vanderbilt fan. I'm one of like 20. <laughs> one of 20. And uh, I, I'm like the founding member member of the Vanderbilt fan club. No, I'm not. But, um, but I will say they got me a win. Vanderbilt they football did. got their first win since 2019 uh, on Saturday. They beat Colorado State. They were losing 14 to nothing in halftime and looked horrible. And I was getting ready to turn the game off. I had just gotten off work and I was tired and ready to go to bed. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't had football for a long time, so I'm going to keep watching this game. And they scored a touchdown, then they scored another touchdown, and then – they just kept going at it, and they took momentum, and they kicked a game-winning field goal and gave me the joy that I can't describe to you as a Vanderbilt <laughs> fan because we do not get to see them win very often. And so when they do win, it's like multiplied times a 1,000. And so I got to see them win. But then uh, my roller coaster football weekend Monday. came crashing down quickly Oof. because the Titans – my Tennessee Titans, who have all these high hopes, they have – so we're talking about the Predators and how they have low expectations. Well, the Titans actually had very high expectations, and they looked horrendous. They looked oh, horrible. Man. They just couldn't get it together. They had no chemistry. They couldn't get on the same page. Uh, a lot of times they didn't even look engaged in the game, and so that was very disappointing. But the difference between football and, say, hockey – when it comes to when you lose is in football, there's fewer games. And so mm-hmm. every loss just feels that much more important. And it so hurts. they're playing 17 games for the first time ever in the NFL season. So it's not the end of the world, but they did look really bad. Uh, the Tennessee Vols, they lost as well. So it's been a rough weekend if you're a Titans and Vols fan. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of them out there. So for those fans, I'm truly sorry for you, but, um, yeah, other yeah. than that, uh, I know, Rich, I know your Kentucky Wildcats up there are playing good. Yeah, they did. I watched actually <clears throat> watched the game. My father-in-law is like a huge, huge UK fan, like everything. So we sat and watched it with him, and it was good. Uh, we watched we watched the whole game, and uh, UK, uh, in typical fashion of them, tried to give the game away. <laughs> but they, they, they got up, they yeah. uh, came out on top, and 
There they, you look, go. they look good. And they got uh, a good team. I'm telling you, they're they, they might be the second best team in the in the SEC division. Not not the whole conference, but just right. in the East division. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. of course you got Alabama and you got Georgia. But I'm talking in the SEC East division, you right. got Georgia at the top. And then I mean you could put Kentucky up there with Florida as being uh the second best team in the in the Eastern Division. And so Kentucky, there's some good things going on with Kentucky football right now. Yeah, fine. And so uh uh, so that's really cool to see. So we're happy to have football back again. We got the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can use yep. our promo code THPN to win $200 in free site credits on a $1 bet on a week two NFL football game. So go do that if you're not a part of the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. And so, uh, so yeah, it's been a really fun episode. Yeah, uh, Rich, definitely. what do you got planned for the rest of the week as we get ready for this hockey Man, just – I can't wait until – I know the, the – um... The rookie camp starts Thursday, so I'm really looking forward to seeing some social media stuff. And then I know they're playing a, a rookie game. Uh, is it in Florida on Saturday and Sunday, like a tournament? I believe is what it is. Is that right? The Preds. Yeah. So they're uh, so they always seem to open up with a doubleheader against Florida to open yeah. the preseason. Yeah. And so they're well, doing the, the, the Florida Panthers. Prospect. Yeah, this is that prospect camp. I think they got a game. Or yeah, something so it's it's not, like a, it's not like a it's not like a it's not like a typical tournament where like you're playing no, in a bracket per se. Yeah. But they are yeah. they're all playing each other. It's a four teams. I'm pretty sure it's the Preds, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Florida Panthers, and the Carolina yeah. Hurricanes. Yeah, and so, yeah, so they'll play all three of those teams. And so uh, down in Florida, and the prospects will get a, a good a good look at. They'll get to actually play against another team, whereas yeah. in the development yeah. camp they played against each other. And Blue so it's going to be yeah. fun. To, it's going to be fun to see them compete against other players. Uh, of course, Tomasino will get probably be, get all the headlines, and um, so so that'll be fun to see. Yeah, uh, really excited that. about that. And then training camp's going to come right after that. They haven't announced a date yet. I don't believe on when that actually starts. But of course, you have the preseason starting on. Is that September twenty sixth? Am I correct on that date? Uh, yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, it's coming up really soon here. So yeah. Uh, really, yeah, I, I can't wait for hockey. I'm really, I'm starting to get into that hockey mode right now. Like I'm starting to build right. up the juices, starting to rev up the engine a little bit, getting Dang. ready. We've made it through the desert, folks. Hockey fans, we have <laughs> made it through the desert. We are right there. Absolutely. I can see the palm trees. I can see them. I can see the waves crashing. We've almost Absolutely. made it through the hockey offseason desert. So uh, we appreciate you sticking with us through the offseason. We will be back next week for episode 67, season two. Season two. Starts next week. So come join us. We appreciate everyone. We'll see you then. Everyone have a great, safe week. Go Preds. All hope is not lost. That's why they play the games. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you next week. Everyone stay safe, all right? Have a good one.